Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When a loving mother disappears into darkness... Kathy was in this secret relationship. Police are led down a murky river filled with false leads. This is a dicey situation. And shady suspects. It was the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. Is she the victim of a sordid love triangle? I want to see more of you, and alone. If he couldn't have her, he didn't want anyone else to have her. Or is this a case of twisted revenge? This is my mother. Why isn't she letting me know that she's okay? Sometimes families can be dysfunctional. You scared me to death. No one saw this coming. Charleston, the capital city of West Virginia, flourishes amid coal-rich mountains and the churning waterways of the Kanawha River. It's the state's largest city, but within just a few minutes outside of town, you can live like you're in the woods. Majority of the people is blue-collar workers, uh, a lot of coal mines, chemical factories. The landscape of Charleston features deep-rooted natural beauty, as well as lurking dangers from industrial sludge. We're known for our beautiful scenery and mountains, but then you have this toxic river that runs right through the heart of the city. But the rainy season of spring makes the rivers run wide, nourishing the dense, tangled woodlands at the edge of town where someone can easily disappear without a witness, without a trace. It's April 26, 2010, a Monday morning, and 62-year-old Kathy Goble is late to her job at a menswear store in downtown Charleston. Very late. Charles, have you heard from Kathy yet? No. Maybe she's sick. It's not like her. The divorced mother of two grown sons loves her job and never misses a shift. 
She worked at Kelly's Men's Shop for about 10 years. It's where some of the best-dressed men in Charleston go to shop. Hi, Kathy. It's Christy again. Uh, we're a little concerned we haven't heard from you. I left a message about an hour ago. Please call us as soon as you get this. Thanks. As long as I remember, she was working in retail, so she was very people-oriented. It wasn't just, you know, her job. It was her passion. The store manager reaches out to Kathy's oldest son. Hello, Jason. 36-year-old Jason, who drives over to his mother's home to check on her. Mom? Mom? Nothing was out of place, so I didn't think somebody had got in there and done something. His mother's car and purse are also missing. Hey, Mom. It's Jason just trying you again. Something wasn't right. That was very unlike her not to go to work. Please call me as soon as you can. Jason was concerned for his mother not to return his phone calls. It was um, out of her normal routine. So Jason reaches out to his mom's 74-year-old boyfriend. Fred Farrell. Hey, Fred. My mom didn't show up for work this morning. Is she with you by any chance? No. I thought I would catch up with her when I got back, but I never heard from her. Fred and Kathy have been dating for two years. When I spoke to Fred, he uh, told me that her cell phone was there and uh, some medication was left on a nightstand next to the door. She called me on Saturday and said she was here cleaning the apartment. Really? I'm calling the police. I'll let you know what they say. Detective Brian Carper from the Kanawha County Sheriff's Office takes the call. Detective Carper. Brian, it's Jason. Jason? My mom's missing. What do you mean, missing? I knew Detective Carper. We grew up together. We were best friends through high school. Detective Carper is not only close with Jason, but considers Jason's mom, Kathy, a friend as well. Anytime I went for a new suit or tie, I always went and saw Kathy. Hang tight. I'm going to be right over. Brian, thank you so much for coming in. Anything for you and your mom. So, when did all this happen? Saturday was the last time that she was seen leaving work. Jason said you know, that his mom had recently been on a trip. It was about two weeks ago. She went to San Francisco to visit an old friend. Um, and then she came back, it was a normal routine, and then went to work. Who was a friend she saw in San Francisco? Um, she said it was a friend uh, she went to high school with, I think. There wasn't any signs of any struggle, no forced entry. Investigators search Kathy's home for clues to what might have happened. So what do we have? Jason told me her coworker said that these are the clothes that she wore to work Saturday, so she must have come back after work. No purse, though. Laptop seems normal. Just a pile of bills. Any luck on the car? Not yet. I did talk to a few of her neighbors. But they haven't seen her in a couple of days. Detectives head to Kelly's men's shop. It's Christy here. Where Kathy worked her last shift two days ago on Saturday, April 24th. Christy, thanks for meeting with us. Kathy was an excellent salesperson all the while, you know, just talking about life. Hey, Kathy. Hi, good to see you. Hey, Kathy, how are you doing? I'm fine, and congratulations. I heard the news. Thank you. How are those twins? They're wonderful. 
People would come in and they would be like, I want Kathy, because she knew what looked best on them and what fit them best. Well, let's try this one. Thank you, Miss C. Well, You're very well. I got it. Okay. All right. I mean, that looks great. It does. I really do like that. Can you tell us about Kathy's last day here? Well, it was just a normal work day. It was a Saturday, so it was busy. What time did Kathy leave work that day? Well, our store closes at 5, and she left around that time. Did she have any trouble with a customer? Notice anything unusual? No, not at all. What about fellow employees? Any issues? Everyone's been here for years. We're like family. Sometimes families can be dysfunctional. This about Kathy? Yes, sir. Shoe salesman Charles March worked the same shift as Kathy that Saturday. I worked every Saturday for the last 30 years. I sure hope Kathy's okay. We do too. Charles had said he walked Kathy to her car. Wasn't the same around here last week without you, Kathy. <laughs> Where'd you go? San Francisco. San Francisco? What were you doing way out there? I met up with a friend. It's a gorgeous city. I'd like to take a trip like that sometime. You should. Thanks for getting me here safely. No problem. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, Charlie. You too, Kathy. And be careful. Okay. We'll let you know if anything pops up. Thank you for your time. Thank you. So she leaves work around 5 o'clock to go home and change clothes. And then goes to the apartment of her boyfriend, Fred, to allegedly clean his apartment, but forgets her cell phone, keys, medicine. Something's not right there. That's our next stop. Yep. Fred Farrell, Kathy's boyfriend, is an avid outdoorsman who lives a few miles from her in South Charleston. He was in his mid-70s. Um, he was retired. He wasn't outgoing and sociable as Kathy was. When did you last see Kathy? Two weeks ago. I've been on a fishing trip since then. I just got home yesterday. He said that when he arrived home uh, that Sunday, several lights were on and a window was open. Jason said his mom left her cell phone and some medication here. Yes, her cell phone, her spare car keys, and a blood pressure pill bottle on the counter. And you didn't find that peculiar? Not really. She's forgetful sometimes. Mind if we take a look around? Suit yourself. The apartment was extremely clean. It was an immaculate. It was cleaner than what you normally see, and that in itself raised a red flag for us. Detectives look for evidence of a violent confrontation, but find nothing. Something happened here. It was scrubbed really, really well. Fred agrees to join them at the Kanawha County Sheriff's Office for further questioning. Have a seat, please. How long have you known Kathy? We've been together about uh, two years. When we interview people, the, what we're looking for is their body language. Last time I heard from Kathy was Saturday night. She called when she got off work. She said she was going over to my apartment to clean it, and I'd be surprised when she got back. Kathy liked to do those kinds of things for me. Detectives notice that Fred Farrell appears nervous and is acting as twitchy as a squirrel's tail. He would divert during questions, look away. Okay, what about on Sunday? Sunday morning. 
I drove my RV in the back parking lot and I walked up to my apartment. Now, Kathy wasn't there. I hope nothing's happened to her. Kathy was a beautiful person. When he would speak, uh, he would often refer to Kathy in the past tense. To police, it's highly suspicious. But without hard evidence or apparent motive, detectives unhook their fish and throw him back in the water for now. He may have known what happened to Kathy or may have did something to Kathy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. On a storm-soaked weekend in April 2010, a 62-year-old vivacious saleswoman, Kathy Goble, disappears from Charleston, West Virginia, leaving no trace. Here you have a woman who is very popular in the community, very well known. So where's the first place you're gonna wear? Do you have a big date tonight? And no one can figure out where she is. Police know she was at her lover, Fred Farrell's apartment just before she disappeared and had curiously left her cell phone, spare car keys, and blood pressure medication at his place. Fred claims he was out of town until Sunday and never saw Kathy that night. But the retiree comes off a little slippery during questioning. You know, maybe he had somebody do what had happened to her ultimately. But why would her boyfriend of two years want to harm Kathy? Fred took really good care of her. They ate 
all the time. You know, went uh, camping, went on little mini vacations over the weekend. Detectives then learned that even this devoted, happy couple had a few wrinkles that needed ironing out. Jason had said, you know, that his mother and, and Fred do have their arguments. Oh, you know, I hate to rush this, but my girlfriend's going to come in about an hour and a half for me. We've got great tickets to this play. Wait a minute. I'm leaving for two weeks, and you're going out, and you're telling me this while we're having dinner? Well, I had it planned for a long time before your fishing trip, and I think it would be really rude to cancel on her at this late moment. Great, great. Besides that, I think it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, fun for play. you anyway. Kathy still liked to go out and have a good time, have drinks with friends. Jason told us that Fred Farrell was jealous of Kathy spending time with her friends. He, he didn't like that, and of course that concerned us as well. I don't care about your friends, Kathy. I want to see more of you, and alone. How about tomorrow? No, that just, just ruined this dinner. Just ruined it. Well, fine. I really don't care. Have a great trip, okay? I will. Did Fred's possessive hold on Kathy push him over the edge? One of the things we considered was that he had come home early from the fishing trip and surprised her. While detectives keep an eye on Fred, they get word that Kathy's car has been found, abandoned 15 miles outside of Charleston on Highway 64. Her car was found parked just prior to the uh, Scary Creek exit. Found the vehicle right where is that right here. All right, we'll inspect the vehicle. He go check the surrounding area. Yes, sir. It was very um, rural, desolate, and a uh, wooded area. We noticed that something was hanging out of the driver's side window of the car. White towel. Maybe she walked to the exit for help. Normally when people put a white towel or a, a white object in the window, it uh, means that their car is possibly broken down. It's locked. Let's try the key Kathy left at Fred's place. No purse, no blood. Maybe when she went for help, she was accosted and then taken to the woods. And she could still be alive. Deputies slogged through the boggy woods and creek next to the highway, hoping to find Kathy alive nearby. Well, half a tank of gas. Engine sounds good. I'm thinking she didn't break down here. Which means that white towel was meant to throw us off. If Kathy didn't have car trouble, her abandoned vehicle is likely a sign of something far more ominous. We processed a vehicle for hairs, fibers, fingerprints, and any DNA that we could possibly locate. There was no evidence found that anybody else had been in her car. You got a receipt here. It's for Saturday, April 24th, and it's time stamped at 8:12 at night. It's for kitchen items, but I don't see anything in the vehicle. Maybe she took them back to Fred's apartment. We did not think at that point she just left the area and started somewhere else. Find anything yet? No, sir. We knew that we had probably a murder investigation. The search of the swampy woods yields no sign of Kathy. If she was taken, the killer has covered up all his tracks.
That night, authorities turned to the local news, hoping to generate tips that could lead them to Kathy. People were like, she's missing from Kelly's men's shop? Oh my God, it's Kathy Goebel? It just became the top story everywhere. The town of Charleston mobilizes to help find the popular 62-year-old. Kathy's co-workers put up flyers all over the store. I haven't sold a single pair of shoes somebody didn't ask about Kathy. Sure wish I knew what to tell them. I know what you mean. This place just doesn't feel the same without her. I didn't want to admit that something might have happened. I thought maybe she just left, went somewhere. No one could figure out why was Kathy a target? Was she a target? Did she willingly disappear? Sheriff's Office, Detective Snuffer. Police phones light up with tips concerning Kathy's abandoned car, yet no one has seen the beloved mother of two. Woman just called and says she saw Kathy's car at 9.30 a.m. Sunday, same spot we found it. 9.30 Sunday? That's our earliest sighting. According to the receipt police found in Kathy's vehicle, she left the market around 8.15 Saturday night. Let's go ahead and check that store, see if we can find out if anything happened to her outside of there. All right, I'm driving. All right, what do you got? Saturday night after six o'clock. Detectives obtained the store surveillance footage where Kathy bought the shampoo, and sure enough, a little freeze. Kathy Goble was alive and well on Saturday evening, three days ago. There she is at 7.10. And 8.12, she's paying for things in the garden center. Don't see anybody following her or any unusual suspects or activity in the area. She's still alive at 8.30 because she is on those surveillance pictures going about her normal business, and then she just fell off the face of the earth. How did her car get so far out of town without anybody seeing her? Somebody had to do something to Kathy, and then you have to drop the car off, and somebody has to pick you up and take you away from that area. Was Kathy Goebel attacked by multiple assailants? There could have been more than one person that did this to Kathy. The longer Kathy is missing, the more grim her chances look. But Kathy's son, Jason, clings to hope. It was very frustrating because, you know, this is my mother. And why isn't she contacting me? Why isn't she letting me know that she's okay? Determined to find his mom, Jason digs around on his own for clues to his mother's disappearance. I decided that I was going to start checking safety deposit boxes notes, letters, you know, anything that I could find that would help me. If you care about somebody, you're going to do what you can to help find them. Hey, Brian. Um, yeah, there hasn't been any activity on any of her credit cards or any of her bank accounts. I'm starting to get really worried. Kathy's friends assure police she would never run away on her own accord. People relocate because of burdens, personal debts. That just wasn't in Kathy's life. Mom was a just a very loving, caring mother. Loved people and loved us. Hey, Mom. Hey, honey. Hey. Look what I got on clearance today. And with the employee's discount, it was a steal. You like right. it? Uh, I already have enough clothes. 
Her sons were everything to her. It looks good on you. Sure. Yeah. yeah why not? We'll dress you up. Yeah. I'll... Make you look really good for all those girls. Oh, yeah. Because I want you to get a nice girl so I can have some grandchildren soon. Right? <laughs> I'll work on it, Mom. <laughs> okay. For her to right, up and start right. a new That's life a without reaching out to, to at least Jason wasn't possible. Investigators now began to take a closer look at everyone in Kathy's life. Immediately, speculation started to fall on those closest to her. Including her own sons. Yes or no answers only, please. They now give polygraph tests to both Jason and his brother Paul to see if they know anything else about their mother's disappearance. I said, just strap me in, let's just do it. I mean, I have nothing to hide, so I don't care what your questions are. Is your name Jason McCartney? Yes. Do you have any knowledge of your mother's whereabouts? No. Are you involved in your mother's disappearance in any way? Of course not. I'm out there trying to find her too. Just yes or no answers only, please. The son's anguish is genuine, and both pass. Detectives then turn the polygraph on Fred Farrell, Kathy's boyfriend. Fred's test shows no sign of deception here. We just got his GPS cell tower report back as well. He was still up at Cranberry Lake Saturday night. Nowhere near Kathy. Back to square one. Investigators receive Kathy's cell phone records. Turns out she had two incoming calls on the day she disappeared. I'll call you back. One from a friend and one from her ex-husband, David McCartney. Kathy was previously married twice. Her first marriage was to David McCartney, who's the father of uh, Jason and Paul. Kathy and David have been divorced over 20 years, but remain close. David suffered a stroke a few years back, so Kathy helps out when she can. Okay, you have clean sheets on the bed now. Thanks for doing that for me. Oh, you know I'm always happy to help you. How about I fix a drink for you before I go? Sure. Detectives meet with Kathy's ex to find out where he was the night she vanished. Thanks for meeting with us, David. Okay. How would you describe your relationship with your ex-wife, Kathy? Good? Bad? I don't know what I'd do without her. She looks after me and I look after her. So you saw her on the 24th, that Saturday? Mm, she came over paid some bills for me. I'm forgetful about that stuff after my stroke. How long was she here? Not as long as I would have liked her to have been here. <laughs> now I'm on the way to the store. If you need any prescription. No, I'm good. Can you stay a bit? <sighs> David, you know I can't. You know I can't. We had to determine whether he had hard feelings towards Kathy. Mind if I uh, take a look around? Mm, sure, go ahead. Thanks. Where were you later Saturday night and Sunday? I stayed home all weekend. Detectives find nothing out of the ordinary. So what do you think? Definitely still has feelings for her. But David's lack of alibi is questionable. I think he was upset about her relationship with Fred. Probably, but is he physically capable to do something like that? Maybe he's not as incapacitated as we think he is. Investigators determined that the second call on Kathy's phone Saturday night was from her friend, Ann Landers. 
I must have been one of the last people to talk with her. She called me. It was after 8 p.m. Saturday night. God knows what's happened to her. And what did you two talk about? This girl talk. She said, I, I can't talk right now. We're headed into Fred's apartment. And then she hung up. Kathy's response is, I can't talk about that right now. We are going into Fred's apartment. We didn't know who Kathy was referring to as the we. Someone else was with Kathy, according to that phone call. I'll call you back. Okay. But who? It's the missing piece that could solve everything. Four days after Kathy's disappearance, detectives returned to Kelly's men's shop in search of new information that could clear up this increasingly murky mystery. Well, where were we, Detective? We're re-interviewing people to find out more about Kathy. Well, can you walk me through her day again? Well, she had a few customers in the morning, and then she met a friend for lunch. Really? Would you happen to know who that was? Uh, I don't know his name. I, I think he was a doctor. We learned that uh, Kathy had uh, lunch with a local doctor who was also a regular customer of Kathy's. We located the doctor. Thank you for meeting with us, doctor. Anything to help? Yeah. Look, this is a dicey situation for me. What do you mean by a dicey situation? I know I should have come in sooner. Kathy and I have been seeing each other. It is a stunning revelation. And that's not all. We only get together every now and then because I'm married. We did just recently spend time together in San Francisco. Kathy had told most people that she was on a girl's trip in San Francisco and that she was visiting an old friend. Kathy wasn't telling people in her life the truth. Turns out the truth is as secret as poisonous as a water moccasin. For investigators, the clandestine affair spawns new theories and motives to explore. When you have a secret affair, you don't want somebody to find out about it. We didn't know whether Kathy was going to expose him, whether he was jealous. When you find out that a missing woman is having an affair, suspicion is going to go directly to that man, and it did. When was the last time you saw or heard from Kathy? We went to lunch uh, on Saturday. Were there any problems between the two of you? We were happy with what we had. Whether the doctor had become jealous of, of Kathy or Kathy wanted to call the relationship off, then needed to be explored. Where were you Saturday night? With my wife. Can she verify this? Yes, she can. But I would appreciate some discretion in telling her any details. It will destroy her. Detectives check into the doctor's alibi for the night Kathy disappeared and find it's solid. So who's that life? I mean, no one. 
it's a crushing dead end. We could not build a good suspect, so we were leaning towards it being somebody that maybe she did not know. Not being able to give his longtime friend Jason news about his missing mother. Thank you. Is one of the hardest parts for Detective Carper. He was still holding on. He often said, you know, when my mom comes home, I'm going to have a long talk with her. At that point, you know, it was pretty much a, a dead end. I mean, everything had just come to a halt. The Kanawha County Sheriff's Office keeps Kathy Goebel's case open, but the leads dry up. Two long years go by, and torrential rains in April 2012 create a swampy mess for those near the swollen Kanawha River. When the rivers get high and the creeks get high, uh, the terrain around Charleston will flood. Homes can be washed away, yards can be washed away. Charles March lives a block or so off the river, and the flood makes a mud bath of his backyard. Charles' son, 28-year-old David, heads over to his dad's trailer to help him clean up the sludge. Hey, Dad. You seen this sinkhole? What are you doing? Stay away from there. Have you seen this? You need to mind your own business and just stay out of here. His dad just flew mad, screaming, yelling, get out of there. I told you to get out of there. Don't ever go back there. David immediately thought something's not right here. The next day, David decides to find out what's causing the ground to cave in. He gets a shovel and decides he's gonna go fill in the sinkhole. He waits until his dad leaves for work as a shoe salesman. He found uh, a small bone, which he thought was possibly just an, an animal bone. He continued to dig and then he found a larger bone Next to that bone was a uh, plastic bag. Oh, God! He sees in this bag what he believes is human hair. What do you have so far? Human remains. Female so far. His son called it in. Any idea of the age? Won't know until we get back in the lab. I think you know who this is. Oh my gosh. I had a very strong feeling that it was Kathy. Investigators hope to intercept Charles at his place of employment, where he's worked for 32 years, so they know exactly where they need to go, Kelly's Men's Shop. I was shocked. I'd gone into Kelly's Men's Shop a number of times. I sure hope Kathy's okay. The crime scene soon gives police a gruesome picture of what happened to their victim as she is unearthed in pieces. Not only did he dismember her, he wrapped her head in plastic and tin foil so that dogs couldn't dig her up. It was one of the most shocking, disgusting things I've ever seen. Before neighbors can alert Charles March to the CSI's digging up his backyard, Detectives Brian Carper and Sean Snuffer rushed to apprehend the shoe salesman. Charles March, we'd like to ask you a few more questions. It's about Kathy? Yes, it is. You mind coming down to the station with us? 
Can't we just talk about it here? I got a lot to do and I don't need to. I think it's better that we do this downtown. Let's go. Okay. At the station, Charles March is kept in the dark about the excavation on his property. He was very fidgety and his artery on his neck was just pounding. Let me ask you, Charlie, what do you think happened to Kathy? To be honest with you, I don't really know. I've heard everything from she just got tired of it, packed up and took off to she's buried somewhere in the mountain. She's not used here at all. He lied uh, in the beginning of the statement, said he didn't know where she was or what happened to her. But then Charles trips up. When's the last time you seen her? I, was, I think I was the last one to see her alive at the store. When Mr. March said I was the last person to see her alive, by all accounts, she still could have been alive. No one had told him yet that she had been found murdered. Detective Snuffer then lowers the boom on Charles. Charlie, right now we're up at your house. We're executing some search warrants. I told him we're digging up Kathy's body right now. Is there something you want to tell me, Charlie? No. Tell me what happened. The first thing he says is she wanted me to do it. She paid me $500 to, to kill her. She didn't want to live anymore. She told me she couldn't handle her son, Jason. We did not believe any, any part of what he was telling us. But the more Charles talks, the further he sinks in his own quicksand confession. She even told me how to do it. She said, put your knees on my shoulders so I can't change my mind. Charles says that after work on Saturday, April 24th, he met up with Kathy in the parking lot of the Moose Lodge just outside of Charleston. He says that Kathy drove her car up onto the interstate and parked it. She got out and she put a rag in her window as if it were a broken down car. And then she got in his car and then went to his place. Charles tells police Kathy then made an outrageous request. You're the only person I could ask this. I want you to kill me. <laughs> what? You're kidding, right? No, and I've got $500 in it for you if you'll do it for me. I, I know it sounds what? crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but I have had such a bad time. I have my reasons, and you're the only person I can ask, Charlie, please. Charles says that Kathy asks him to tie her up, and he uses his neckties. Put your knees on my shoulders so I can't change my mind. Mm -hmm. She said, do it. That's what I want, do it. And that's what she kept saying, Charlie, do it, Charlie, do it. <gasps> I can feel her throat crushing under my thumbs and she's going, do it, do it. I knew he was not telling me the truth. When somebody's being strangled, they're not gonna be able to say anything. The next day is when he drug her to the bathtub. And he took a saw and he cut her legs and arms off. The world's gonna look at me as he wanna guess I am. He referred to her body as a carcass. And that's someone he worked with for over 10 years. He described it so matter-of-factly, like it was just like you were making a sandwich. Investigators start looking more closely into Charles March's past. 
Charlie March had a history of stalking females. He was sexually obsessed and sexually charged. While authorities believe the horrid details of how March mutilated Kathy's body, they don't buy a shred of his story leading up to her death. Kathy had a happy life. She loved her children. She loved working at Kelly's Men's Shop. See me in a second, okay? Nobody in Kathy's uh, life, other than Charlie March, said that she was suicidal one in her life. Mr. March is just making up lies and stories. What really happened was he kidnapped her um, from Fred Farrell's place, or he lured her away somehow. Hi, Ann. No, I can't talk about that right now. We're just coming into Fred's apartment. Yeah, I'll call you back, okay? Bye. Charles, what are you doing? Come on in. I am really glad that was you out there. You scared me to death. <laughs> Fix yourself a drink. I'll just be a few minutes. I'm not really interested in a drink right now. I'd really like to talk to you about something. Okay, well, what is it? Dating advice? No, but I'd really feel more comfortable talking about it back at my place, if you don't mind. She trusted Charles, so that wouldn't have been out of the ordinary or weird. Um, well, all right. Um, well, just give me a few minutes. Um, I've, I've got to get this cleaned up. But seriously, fix yourself a drink. Okay. It won't be long. Charlie, why don't we sit out here and why are we going right to your bedroom area? I'd rather talk in the bedroom. Oh, no, come on. Let's go sit out here in your den. It's really nice. Well, let's talk in the bedroom. Charlie, we're such good friends. I'm, but I'm not really comfortable sitting in the bedroom with you, you know? So can we just sit I out here? I want to be more than friends. Charlie, you know I'm dating somebody, don't you? He was jealous of her relationship with other men. And if he couldn't have her, he didn't want anyone else to have her. I want you to be with me. Charlie, um, we're good friends, but that's it. And so I need to get going anyway. But no, you're staying here. Charlie, you're actually stay crazy. Here. I want to go home. No, Charlie, you're staying here. Charlie, stop it. Tell me you want home. Strangulation murder is one of the most personal forms of murder. Mr. March strangled her to death, and she was able to see him as he killed her. The search of March's home yields more damning evidence of the brutal murder two years back. Bloodied handsaw. There were small bone fragments that were still in the teeth of the saw. This must be the blanket that he used to wrap her up in. Why does he still have all this stuff? No idea. I think Charles March is an evil person. He wanted her there where he always knew where she was. He was obsessed with her. When I heard the news, it was um, a lot of emotions because Charlie fooled everybody. We shook hands on several occasions, the same hands that did what they did. I had him right there. Charles March. After his indictment for first degree murder, Charles March attempts suicide in jail. 
He had done this by climbing up to the second tier of the jail commons area and throwing himself off the balcony. It didn't kill him, but it did injure him pretty bad. He had to be wheeled into court on a gurney. But March's self-inflicted injuries don't soften the hammer of justice. The judge said this was a malicious, brutal, horrendous murder where the defendant showed little or no remorse and he gave him life without mercy. Mr. March will die in prison. Jason, Kathy's oldest son, keeps his mother's memory alive with the Kathy Goble Foundation, which raises money for the West Virginia Canine Search and Rescue. This year we're doing the second annual Hope Walk. It's one way to honor mom. You have two choices in life, give up or give it all you have. Things happen for a reason, and this is a motivation for me to give it all I've got. It's very important to remember her for who she was and how she lived her everyday life.